Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. You know, we watched the video earlier, didn't we, about this description of the trial with Jesus and Barabbas and Pilate. And in our Bibles, in, in Luke 23, Luke makes a really significant um, statement. In fact, three times he records that Pilate says, Jesus is innocent. You go for that slide up, Pete. So it describes uh, the, the trial. Jesus and Barabbas are both on trial before Pilate. And the next slide, please. And there's three times where Pilate, the, the top judge in the country, the one who's investigated things really carefully, makes this statement, I find no guilt in this man. He is completely innocent. And then Barabbas is standing there and he's clearly guilty. And as we said earlier, before Pilate stands two men, Jesus, the Son of God, the one who had fed the hungry and healed the sick and raised the dead and blessed the weak, and then Barabbas, the thug and the rebel, who had incited hatred and rioted, caused all sorts of problems and fear and harm and even murdered. And the crowd demand that one man is set free, and who do they call to be set free? Barabbas. You know, this wasn't mob rule. God knew exactly what was going to happen. Why did God allow Barabbas to be released? Why did the people call for Barabbas to be released? Because God had planned it that way. There's a statement that the man makes in the video. He says that the father would treat Jesus like Barabbas so that he could treat Barabbas like Jesus. That's a really powerful statement. That the son took the place of the guilty. The innocent took the place of the guilty so that the guilty could go free and be innocent. Why did God do that? Well, in the video, it clearly said this, because God loved him. And God loves you. You are beloved. You're loved by God. That song that the musicians and singers, they've written that especially for this morning. They did a great job writing a song, and it's describing the way that God looks on you and I, the way that he looked on Barabbas. And in the same way that Jesus died in the place of Barabbas, he's died in your place and my place. He came to take our sin and guilt so that we might be forgiven. Now, you might be sitting there and thinking, hang on a minute, Rich or Richard, Pastor Richard, don't do that. <laughs> you might be thinking, I'm nowhere near as bad as Barabbas was. I've not incited a riot, at least not in the last month. I've not caused problems. I've not incited hatred. I've, I've certainly not taken a life. And of course, I trust that that's true, looking around nervously. But you will acknowledge this, that you are not perfect. I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. We all know that we've made mistakes. We may not have done the things that Barabbas did, but we've made mistakes. We've said things that are wrong. We've thought things that are wrong. We've done things that are wrong. We've been selfish and self-centered, and we've hurt people as a result. And more importantly, we've hurt God as a result. And here's the thing. God is totally perfect. God is totally sinless. Do you know this? God has never made a mistake there's a lot of men sitting in the room who probably feel the same about themselves right now, but a lot of husbands and dads. But genuinely, God has never made a mistake. God has never thought anything wrong, never done or said anything wrong. He is perfect. So I want to demonstrate something for us this morning. So if I could ask John Weeway to come forward and Mike Shooter to come forward. And if my beautiful assistant, not that the other two aren't beautiful, but 
I think you'll see why I call Sarah my beautiful assistant in a moment. Can we give them a round of applause, please? I'm going to pop the suit on. want to demonstrate something for us this morning. So John did not wear this to church, okay? I brought this for him to put on. This is not how he normally rolls on a Sunday morning. And John is going to represent the Father. And this is as close as I could get to sort of representing sinless, pure, and, and, uh, and clean. And Mike here represents the Son, okay? The Father and the Son. And Sarah, who's now got her onesie on, is the prettiest tally tubby I've ever seen. <laughs> she represents us. And you know, God made us for a relationship with him. He made us in his image, the Bible tells us, that we were pure, we were without sin. We could have relationship with God. So if Sarah wanted to approach John right now, up onto the stage, don't be afraid, he's a lovely man. If Sarah wanted to give John a hug, that's fine, we're in church. <laughs> and come back down. There's no issues. Both are holy, both are pure, both are perfect. But we know we're not perfect. And you need to read the beginning of our Bibles to see that sin came into the world because man and woman, they rejected God. They decided to live for themselves. And they acted selfishly. And sin became part of our nature. And so there are things that we might, we have prepared this. Things that we might have said, or things that we might have done. Maybe we took something we shouldn't have taken. Maybe we've talked behind somebody's back and we've been really cruel and critical about them and never said it to them. And Maybe we've used our time or we've used our money in ways that are just unhelpful and selfish. The Bible talks about lots of different things, anger and drunkenness and lots of other aspects of behavior, slander and gossip. And disobeying our parents and being all about ourselves. The Bible talks about those things being sins that come as a result of us having sin in our lives. What will happen right now if Sarah goes up onto the stage to hug John, who represents the father? What will happen to John? He's going to get polluted. He's going to get affected by sin. And we've said God is perfect. And if God ever sinned, he would cease being God and we'd cease being anything. He's the source of life. And he's totally good and totally pure and totally holy. And now we've got a problem. Because Sarah has been separated from the source of life. Which can only mean one thing. Death. Sorry, love. (laughs) But death came into the human experience. Sin has separated us from God. And there was nothing we could do about it. And the Bible says this, God is good and therefore he has to judge sin. He has to judge the things that are wrong. I think we'd agree when things that are done wrong or things that happen, we demand judgment. and Punish justice to be done. And the Bible tells us the wages of sin are death. Because we're separated from the source of life. Sarah, at this moment in time, to use a biblical word, is scuppered the original Greek. But here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. So Mike, if you'd come down, Jesus lived a perfect life. He was quite springy. And his life led him to one place. And that's what we remember this weekend, to the cross. And Jesus went to the cross for us. 
And there, he took our place. He took our punishment on himself. So that Sarah could come to Mike now, who represents Jesus. The cutest pitch invasion ever. And you know, at that place, Jesus took our sin. He took our shame. He took the things that separate us from God. So when Sarah gave her life to Jesus, this is what she did. She gave, her, gave him her everything. The good, the bad, the ugly. She gave it to Jesus. So if you would just take that off. And here's what happens at the cross. Very carefully. Not only does Sarah give her sins over and the punishment of death, but Jesus puts on Sarah his righteousness. Look at this. The righteousness of God. She's covered now in his righteousness, his goodness. And now you can come over here if you would, sir, for a sec. And then Jesus died on the cross. He paid the punishment that our sins deserved. And everything that goes with sin, death and sickness and suffering and pain, but then Jesus rose again because he conquered sin and he conquered death. That's not why it took him three days, by the way. He rose in glory. And the Bible tells us this. He ascended back to the Father. This is important, Mike. You need to be on his right side. There you go. At the right hand of the Father. In authority. And we sang about this this morning. And now, our lives, because they're in Christ, we are able to go and be with him. In perfect relationship. Our relationship with God has been restored through the work of Jesus Christ. Let's give them a round of applause. Did you see how happy everybody looked on the stage? That's nothing compared to the joy that God has when he restores relationship with himself for us through Jesus Christ. He welcomes us home. We sang about that this morning. You know, in the poem that Megan read, she, she, she made this statement, Jesus was treated like a criminal and insulted. The Son of God did that for us. He adopted our sin. He rescued us from self-destruction and leads us to forgiveness because he died, sin no longer defines us. It's about putting our faith and our trust in Jesus. It's about coming to Jesus. It's about recognizing that we've done wrong, that we've sinned, that we've upset God, that we cannot live in right relationship with him. But if we give Jesus our lives and we trust in his work, we're restored to relationship and he embraces us. I, know, I don't know what happened to Barabbas. We don't get to read about what happened to Barabbas. But I'd love to think that he heard about what Jesus did and he heard that Jesus rose again and he put his faith in him. Because Barabbas could know salvation. Not just being saved from crucifixion there and then, but eternal life. Not just life for a short time, but life for eternity. I don't know that, but I do know this. Jesus is alive now. We've heard it this morning. He's alive now. He loves you now. The work that he achieved 2,000 years ago is as powerful today as it was then. The question is, are you willing to come to him to put your faith and your trust in him? Are you willing to give him your life and follow him so that you can know eternal life and a relationship with God? Yeah. I think that's a good question. If the musicians would come back up to the front.
But you know, when we come to the cross, there's a wonderful exchange that takes place. When we come to Jesus, there's a wonderful exchange that we can exchange sickness for health and healing. That we can exchange fear for faith and joy. That we can exchange worry and anxiety for peace. That we can exchange loneliness to knowing that we're loved and welcomed into God's family. That we can be moved from guilt to forgiveness and freedom and death to life. From death to life. You know, I don't think we've prayed yet this morning. I'd like to pray for a moment. And then I'm going to ask if the children who are ready to do the the hot rock thing, the children are going to demonstrate something of what I've just said now during this next song. So when I finish praying, if the children would then head to the back to to the children's workers who will get them prepared for this last part. We've got one final song. And then we'll close our time together this morning. But could I just ask you to close your eyes for a moment, please? I just want to say this again. God loves you. God loves you. He loves you. I want to say this as well. Jesus is alive. (laughs) He is alive. And Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that you came. And we thank you that you died, but we thank you as well that you rose again on high, Lord. Lord, as we've sung already, we thank you that you opened the way. You opened the way, Lord, for us all, for the whole world to live again. Lord, we thank you for your mighty work. Father, we thank you that you were willing to send the Son because of your love for us. I thank you that each one of us in this room today, no matter who we are or what we've done or where we've been or what we even think about ourselves, that before you we are beloved, that we're precious to you and that you want us to know you and that you've made a way for us to know you through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for every person here that who maybe have walked with you for many years that you'd reaffirm that to them today. And I pray that those who are here for the first time who maybe have never even heard this message before, Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd cause them to realize your love for them and the way that they can have perfect peace with you, God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.